Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Now, here's the host of WP Tonic, Jonathan Dinwood and John Locke. Welcome to WP Tonic episode 196. Today we're talking landing page tools. Before we get into today's topics, let's introduce our panel of WordPress experts. And we'll start with Sally Getch. <laughs> I'm Sally Getch. My business is WP Fangirl. I build uh, <clears throat> custom Genesis websites for small businesses and nonprofits. And I'm the organizer of the East Bay WordPress meetup in Oakland, California. And then we're moving on to our white glove training expert, Kim. I'm Kim Schivler. I teach people how to build WordPress websites, support them in the process, as well as teaching online, uh, how to build online courses and membership sites. Excellent. And then the person who's crafting uh, WP experiences for other people, Adam. Hey guys, my name's Adam from WPCrafter.com where I make WordPress videos for non-techies and you can find them all on my YouTube channel or my website. Uh, but I might actually lose the crafter name. I'll, I could talk about that at some private session. Okay, cool. Right. Trademark issues. Oh dear. Oh, and then we got the man from across the pond, Jonathan. You're the very confused man. <laughs> it's been a confusing morning, folks, but we've managed things. Um, I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We're a WordPress maintenance, support, security, um, clean up any hacking messes, whatever you need, folks. We're your trusted partner, aren't we, John? We are trusted worldwide. And then myself, John Locke. Owner, founder, lockdown design, helping businesses with SEO and custom WordPress development. Before we get into today's main topic of uh, landing page plugins and, and services, we have a couple of news stories. And first and foremost uh, was from the WP Tavern in WordPress 4.8, which is going to drop in about a week and a half. Uh, they're improving the accessibility on admin screens. Uh, the old way uh, that the, the admin screen was is they were uh, putting links inside of H1s. Now they're separating out H1s and uh, links. And, uh, you know, thoughts on this, Sally, and accessibility in general? I think anything that improves accessibility is good. You know, I'd never really paid attention to how those admin pages were structured because I didn't need to, you know, navigate them by tab or or by voice or anything like that. So... Uh, I think just making it easier to <clears throat> get around in there for for people who are not using a you know normal keyboard and mouse uh, is a, a good thing. Uh, probably overdue, although you know my impression of a, a lot of the things in 4.8 is you know these are possibly things that we should have had before, but you know getting them now is better than not getting them. Absolutely. Better late than never. Uh, Kim, thoughts on uh, changes in 4.8 and uh, improving accessibility? Um, agreed with everything Sally said. Uh, you know, I'm, I've really been starting to look at accessibility a lot more over the last two years after getting to sit down with some of the WordPress folks at the first WCUS, some of the accessibility people. So that's become a lot more important. I think, yeah, it should have been there already, but at least it's there now. 
And uh, maybe coming up, they'll quit allowing themes into the repository that use site title as H1 throughout the whole site. Because that's like the worst thing you can do for accessibility. And in a lesson I was just teaching on selecting themes, I only could find like three themes that didn't do that in the repository. Oh, Scary. sounds really. Mm -hmm. wow. wow. I'm sure there's more, but like if you look at, if you go through like the top 10 of the featured list and the popular and the what we recommend and all, almost all of them. I, I certainly hope that's not, not the case with the, you know, official default themes at least. The, yeah, actually, um, that is not that the 2017 does it very does it does that one accurately they got a couple other tweaks that they might need to work on but at least they at least they don't do the site one uh, site title h1 throughout every single page i you know and this is kind of tangentially related to that too but i if you go and download like underscores uh for the home page like the site title is h1 uh, the rest of the pages aren't, but but that could be where where people are, are getting that idea that that's a, a good practice. Right, because like on 2017, it's it is on page one, but then all the others do exactly what they should. You know, your blog post mm -hmm. title is H1, site title goes to just a, a title, yeah. not not. You that. know what I'm curious is how these other platforms are doing in this department, like. Um, Shopify or Wix or those, not Shopify, but what's that on Squarespace and Wix? I wonder how they're doing in the translation department, uh, the whole right to left issue and accessibility, because I kind of see that kind of all bundled up together, basically opening up the ability for um, everyone to kind of experience your website or building websites or something like that. I'm really curious to see how they're actually doing in that department to, to know if WordPress is behind or uh, ahead. I haven't That's looked really at it recently. It, it is, but, and I haven't, I know a little bit about that, but I, I would need to, to re-examine it. But the last time I looked, Wix, for example, was very far behind. Mm. which was one of the reasons like most of the true SEO people I know would not work with it. Because remember, Google sees things like blind people do that, you know, and that's the, even if you don't care about accessibility quote, because of accessibility, if you care about your rankings, remember that Google is blind. It reads it like a blind screen reader. And so I know at least for a while there, um, Wix was like way behind, really, really bad because they just didn't, because of the way they drag and drop, they did not have any type of like the conditional logic to then change things as people were moving. So you ended up with a lot of heading ones, et cetera, but that could have changed. I haven't looked at it in a long time. And even the issue with translations, I know we're talking about accessibility, but translations, I kind of see it all bunched together. I've been looking at uh, WPML and I'm thinking, huh, can you even translate a site on Squarespace? You know, because I've, I've read some articles recently comparing Squarespace. Do you even need WordPress now because of Squarespace from WordPress people? And I'm, of course, thinking no way. I mean, uh, Squares, <laughs> it's just no way on, on God's green earth. Uh, but I bet they're lacking in these departments and maybe WordPress is the one taking the charge and the only one providing an option like this for everyone. I would think so, Adam, and I, I think um, a lot of their focus over the last year and a half especially has been about growing um, 
the markets where they uh, you know have opportunity and a lot of that is going to be in non-english speaking so translations are very important and accessibility has been something that is you know i i think there have been champions for accessibility from within wordpress for a long time but i think the the core team is is starting to look at it uh you know what can we do to to do things the right way so uh any additional thoughts on on uh changes in 4.8 jonathan well i'd like to say what uh, sally said that you know they're most welcome they're quite minor i do really feel this is this is a area um you know last week when we were talking about um plugins that are not so well known um um, Jackie pointed out a couple of really good accessibility tools. So they're out there for WordPress. Uh, I think it's really an area um, w which also, like the other panelist says, has SEO consequences as well. It's really an area that um, WordPress should really up its game a bit, really, John. Definitely. Um, you know, and definitely WordPress is better than, say, something like Wix, for sure. But Oh, somebody wants hello, 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 hello. hello. <laughs> but definitely, like anything that we can do to improve and and get things to you know web standard accessibility um, across the board makes the the platform itself better because everybody experiences WordPress uh, where they're touching it. So the more plugins, the more themes, uh, the more that the the back end and the admin are, are accessible, the better it will be the larger the adoption and the easier it will be for people to use it. So uh, with that, we're moving on to our next news story. And this was from uh, Bob WP's uh, e-commerce uh, uh, podcast. And he was interviewing the founder from Mojo Marketplace. And I wanted to ask Sally, what were some of your takeaways from this podcast? Uh, hey, primarily uh, building a marketplace is hard. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that it is... Uh, it is. I mean, it, it, this was interestingly timely because the, somebody asked at our meetup last week, you know, basically sort of how long would it take to, um, you know, first she said, how long would it take to build an, an e-commerce site? And then, you know, amended it to the fact that, yes, he's trying to create a, a marketplace. And everybody was like, no, that's a completely different task. This is much, much more uh, complicated. And, and, you know, the Moto story really bears that out is, is that, you know, particularly sort of to get started, how do you, you know, the, how do you get people to participate so that there's going to be, you know, something for customers to buy? And then how do you work out, you know, the way you make payments to your vendors and, and manage your cash flow and uh, all of those kinds of things? There's, there's, a, there's a whole lot to think about there. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, to succeed or, or not. And, uh, I know that people have tried creating marketplaces in the WordPress space before, and it, it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, you know, Mojo is is partly WordPress and partly other stuff, which is also true of of Envato. Um, and I think a marketplace can be a good thing for both buyers and and sellers. But yeah, not not where I want to go personally in terms of my business. No, agree. Uh, Kim, any takeaways from this interview with Brady Nord, uh, who's now the VP of products at Bluehost, uh, but he was co-founder of Mojo? The same as Sally. It, it's not a marketplace I've worked with before other than seeing it in sites 
when it's auto installed, but um, definitely not something I want to build. I feel you. Uh, Adam, thoughts, thoughts on this uh, podcast episode? Yeah, I don't remember, but did he say how well or at all well they were doing prior to being purchased by EIG? Because I would, it, I personally think Mojo wouldn't be on anybody's radar if it wasn't forced installed in every single uh, host Gator WordPress install. And I'm pretty sure Bluehost or probably all of their properties are forcing that in. I, I mean, I'm going to share. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they failed their way to success on this one. But I personally, they used to actually sell themes. They used to be called Mojo Themes before they were Mojo Marketplace. And they were doing some kind of scuzzy internet marketing stuff where they would sell a theme as much as they could and abandon it within two months. And I actually bought something. And I was, I was actually looking at my prior emails. I did a search for Mojo. and Because I, I knew I bought something from them in 2013. They abandoned it two months later and said, well, sorry, we just don't have the resources to support it. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just stumbled onto being acquired or success. Um, did you guys pick up on any of that or know any of the backstory? Uh, you know, I didn't hear that. doesn't mean that it wasn't in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that <laughs> – Kitty, my microphone belongs over here. Uh, I, I don't uh... – I recollect that they provided hard numbers. I mean, they, they you know, <laughs> referred to that at some point they started to make actual money. And I, I think if they had not been profitable, uh, EIG wouldn't have been interested in the acquisition. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that there was a um, serious quantum leap uh, once they started being, you know, auto-installed with, with all that one-click WordPress stuff, which is something I find very annoying when hosting companies do is install a bunch of stuff that you probably don't need because, yay, we, we just want that extra maintenance load, right? Except, Get of course, it keeps, Jon it keeps Jonathan employed. Well, and, and isn't everyone have like equal potential, right? You have an idea, you implement it. Like, uh, for instance, Jonathan, you have a company where you're doing WordPress support and maintenance and stuff like that, but there's a bunch of other ones doing it too. It's whoever has the best marketing uh, at the end of the day. And it's like a slam dunk when, when, when like, I mean, if they had a WP uh, tonic um, uh, plugin that was force installed on millions of websites, don't you think you're, you would just be successful? I mean, I mean more successful. Sorry. I didn't mean that the wrong way, He's but you, your business would explode. Your, your business would mm -hmm. explode. So it's like, how much of it is that then, you know, cause my, my business would be destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a little outfit john helps out sometimes i've got a couple <laughs> other people that help out it's not it's a boutique little company but um yeah the fantasy sounds great but the reality would be that the company would be destroyed quite rapidly <laughs> wouldn't it uh, i think one of the other factors one you know um the reason because it's a you know obviously it's a podcast it's a transcript but one of the areas the reason why i chose this story was linked to last week's when we were talking about that news story about um, WP um, WordPress.com um, actually allowing third party um, plugins and third party themes to be installed for a small group on their business plan. And obviously, it's in beta and they're, they're just testing the waters to some extent, even though it might be a large 
number of users compared to the broad amount of users that utilize their service. But in a way, if they're going to go down that route, in uh, a thing that's been resisted for a number of years by Matt, you know, we don't want a marketplace. We don't. And I understand now after reading this article a little bit, why he was so resistant. But on the other hand, if, if they are going to go down the route, which they looks like they are going down, in some ways they're, they're going to have a, um, a group of themes which they approve. What The way I see it working is it's a bit like WP Engine. They probably um, have themes which they say don't meet um, this criteria. You won't, you won't be able to install them because they cause too much problems. So in the end, they might end up going into a marketplace in the end. What, what do you reckon, John? Do you reckon I'm just talking dribble? No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, something that Adam said too, I, I think a lot of why they're on uh, people's radar in 2017 is they are installed on a lot of cPanel installs, Bluehost, HostGator, uh, various other EIG. But um, my takeaway from this episode was something that nobody's, uh, I don't think anybody's mentioned yet, but um, it was something that Bob and, I uh, uh, can't remember his name, but, but uh, they were talking about, um, and that is a, a, a lot of it's down to support. And, uh, you know, later in, in that episode, they were talking about um, there's a lot of customers that, for them, installing WordPress or configuring plugins, that is rocket science. And a lot of people need support. Uh, a lot of people that I work with, when they get an email from you know, a hosting company or, or whatever, it confuses them. And uh, you know, the same thing with, with walking people through things. Uh, that is something that there will always be a market for. So for me, that was the big takeaway that I got out of, out of this podcast episode is, is providing support, being able to walk people through things and just, you know, answer their questions is always going to be valuable. So. Yes, I, I do think uh, Brady Nord might have been a little more tactful than to say we need to dump things down. Um, <laughs> with with regard to you know the fact that more and more people on people who get online now are less technical than the people who got online 20 years ago. Um, because, you know, there has been a, a move to, to lower the barriers. Um, but I do think that, you know, support is what people overlook in a lot of cases. People overlook it when they're developing and selling software, you know, how much effort is going to have to go into support. And uh, I, I think even for, uh, you know, they, they may not be the, the sellers directly in terms of people who run a marketplace, but they're going to do a lot better if they, uh, actually support their products, which, you know, Adam says they certainly weren't, you know, a few years ago, and that was a big problem. Well, it's kind of linked to that article a few months ago by Pippin Williamson about his own experiences about support, which was an excellent article and quite insightful, wasn't it, Sally? A lot, of, a lot of good things to say. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and my my thought about uh, you know WordPress.com and the plugins is, you know, if you if you have a, a host like WP Engine, they have a relatively short list of things that they don't allow. But 
you know, the way that WordPress.com has worked so far is like they have available themes, right, that are there for uh, installation. And they have, I mean, the way it works is that it's a, a, a modified, but nevertheless, a, a WordPress multi-site installation. Yeah. And, you know, the normal structure of that is that the, the network admin, you know, chooses plugins to install and uh, site admins can activate them or not. Uh, and it's possible to give site admins the ability to install their own plugins, but because of the way everything interacts in that environment, you have to be pretty careful. So I, I would guess that they might start with, okay, so here's a handful of, you know, very popular plugins and we've tested that, you know, we've tested them and, and we're going to make those available and then we'll kind of see. Uh, uh, I, th I think it's going to be more controlled, uh, at least in the beginning, than the sort of standard managed hosting setup. Nope, I think that's great. Uh, with that, we're going to go to our break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking our main topic, which is uh, landing page builders and services and uh, how to build those pages. Back in a second. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back from our break and we're talking our, our main topic which is tools for building landing pages um, I want to start with Sally there's, there's a, a number of ones that I kind of made a list of uh, that are you know landing page tools um, you know unbounce lead pages optimize press click funnels insta page those are kind of the top ones um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, what is the, the, the purpose of having a landing page and, and, and what does, it, what specific purpose does it serve? All right. Well, a landing page is, is a page that you direct people to from say an ad or an, an, a mailing and that's where they go. And the idea is to set them up so that there is only one path they can take once they get there. So maybe you're trying to, you know, just get their sign-up information to get them on your list. Maybe you're trying to get them to actually buy something, but, you know, you want to restrict their choices of where they go from there to follow uh, the steps that you want them to take. Um, and so this is why, you know, you see landing page templates like the ones that come with a lot of Genesis child themes. It's like, yeah, all right, we take out everything, the header, the footer, the, the navigation, the this, so that you can just basically put in, uh, you know, the, the buy button or, or the, the sign up form. And, uh, you know, apart from that, a landing page can look like practically anything. You've, I'm sure we've all seen the, uh, you know, the, the typical sort of long copy landing page where it just goes on and on and on and on and you have the descriptions and then you have the testimonials and then you have the oh but wait there's more bonuses and you know and you're thinking for god's sake just show me what it costs uh 
and uh, uh, you know, and yet you know, you see those because they have proven to be effective, not with everybody, but with enough folks. And you know, in other cases, it's you know, it's short to the point, and grabs your attention. You know, um, you'll get this tool if you you know fill out this information and let me mark it to you for the rest of your days. Um, yep. Good. So that that that's my take on what what a landing page is and why you might want one. No, that's very well summed up. I mean, and then that's it. You're you're taking away like all the other options except for the one that you want uh, people to take. I want to ask him. You know, have you ever uh, utilized like a landing page for for getting people to sign up for any of your classes, or have you seen any of your students effectively use? Uh, landing pages. Yes, on both. Uh, I I use a landing page for every launch I do, um, and and even on some other things, I will just actually take out. Even if it's not a true sales page, there are still times I will take out the all the added if I want to keep someone there and just pay attention to this. Even if it's a training, sometimes I will take out those other clicks because I really want them to get just this. Um, and I think Sally described them the best I've ever, ever heard it. Uh, mm. We need the transcript of this. So I'm going to be stealing that piece. <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> what I said. <laughs> what Sally said. Um, but yes, I use them um, on every site I have. And I actually have some sites that are nothing but a landing page. Or I will send traffic from white glove web training or how to build an online course or whichever one just to that site. And all it is, is for signing up for whatever launch I've got. Do you have, do you have preferred tools uh, for doing that or do you just do it in straight WordPress? Uh, how do you, how do you go about creating them? Um, I, yes, I have preferred and because I consider myself kind of a, a test dummy for these things, I end up having more than the average bear. Uh, so if you look at my different sites and you know the tools, you'll be like, what? She's got optimized press over there, but she's using Beaver Builder over there. And, um, and I just do it so I can teach the different things. My, probably my own go-to is, is Beaver Builder because I just, it's easy. I don't have to hand code it. And I am using their theme now on a lot of my own personal sites. So if I've already got their theme and it's just like that fast to, to pop it in, I'm happy. Um, I do have some of my students, we know, very controversial theme, but a lot of my students use Divi. So oh. I teach how to do the landing pages in Divi, and it's very easy for them. Remember, they are, we've got my 70-year-olds, they're completely non-technical, but they can build their own landing pages um, very easily. And then I do have, I have some people with optimized press and, and then with lead pages. I'm a little bit, um, I'll be interested to um, hear what Adam's view about that is, because one of the points of the kind of services and also some of the more specialized services that are still using WordPress as their framework is that, you know, that in their library of templates they're being tested and one of the things i want to kind of put into the listener's mind or the view if they've gone to our youtube channel is that um is that 
small changes to landing pages can make a big difference to conversion and you've got to really keep that in mind um obviously you've got to have a certain level of traffic for that to really matter um so it swings aroundabouts but um just like knocking up a website um might seem initially an easy task um it's, it's magnified by landing pages what, what would you say about that adam well, you have, as John uh, mentioned in the question, you've got these hosted platforms for a reason. And obviously, we've always been able to do this in WordPress, whether it was maybe a little harder to hide your header and your footer in the past. It's a lot easier now. But you've always had, you, you have these very massive hosted solutions that are making money hand over fist. You look at lead pages. Well, actually the people that made lead pages actually started with a WordPress plugin called, I forget it was a video plugin called lead player. And that's how they got started. And I'm sure they realized through lead player that number one, it's hard to support a WordPress plugin. And the bigger thing is it's just easier to get someone, well, the perception, I, I think it's a false perception though. The perception is it's easier to have this hosted solution for non-technical people or people that just want to get it done. They don't want to sit there and screw around designing things, hiding things and all that. They just want to get it done. And that's when you have lead pages. Although I think it's a false perception because you're going to have a learning curve no matter what platform you end up going with. I think it's totally false. But you, you can't help but look at them and say they're probably like a billion-dollar company right now. I think um, uh, if you run the numbers, well, I know there was an article on ClickFunnels. You mentioned ClickFunnels. There was an article, I think, in one of the big magazines that ClickFunnels is now worth $350 million, um, which is pretty huge when you, you factor they're only like two years old. Um, so there's these hosted solutions, and then you have the WordPress-based solution. And Jonathan, you were talking about A-B split testing. You didn't say A-B split testing, uh, but they, the, with a hosted platform, you're able to have some more features that you don't have um, so commonly with WordPress, like the A-B split testing. There hasn't been anyone who has done a reliable A-B split testing solution. Divi does have it. Um, I haven't used it. And I think, I don't know, I haven't used it to say whether it's, a, it's good or not. Um, uh, but the, the point is, though, that you, you have the hosted versus WordPress is basically how much effort you want to put into having an actual landing page on your website. And plus, when you go a lead pages or click funnel route, it's not your website, it's not your platform, it's not anything you control anymore anyway. Um, so I think what's happening is you have WordPress stuff really catching up quick to what you were able to do with um, a, uh, a lead pages. I think lead pages, if for the core of what lead pages does, you can already get it in WordPress through many different options. You've got Elementor now that does landing pages. They have a new feature called Canvas. Beaver Builder, they don't make it easy if you're just using Beaver Builder, but there are easy ways to remove that header and footer if you're not using their theme. You've got Thrive Themes, which you didn't mention, Thrive Content Builder. Are you guys familiar with that? Oh yeah, I, um, yeah. I use it regularly. Um, what I would say about them is as, as a landing page, it's quite 
attractive. They were initially selling it as a page builder. As a page builder, I think it's fallen behind Beaver Builder and some of the other people you've mentioned. I've got some insight into that because if you're familiar with Thrive Content Builder, you know it's on version one. They've been teasing version two. I've actually used version two. I have access to it on my computer right now, even though it's not going to be released for several months and no one really knows anything about it. Their criticism has always been it's not GPL and they don't do things the WordPress way. You deactivate it, you lose all your stuff. They've actually fixed that feature of it and the new interface is actually pretty slick. The, the difference with Thrive Content Builder versus a Beaver Builder or Divi is they have marketer-specific elements like uh, evergreen countdown timers that will reveal or do something when it goes down, um, all kinds of really marketer-specific things like that. Um, and their new version, um, it looks really nice. It looks really nice. I have it. It's very nice. Well, I've got a lot of respect for Shane, the joint owner of Fry Themes. Um, he's been on the show. I, I tried to get him back on, but he's a hard man to track down because he's um, roaming the world as we speak. Um, but he's um, he's somebody that I've always listened to, and I do follow his blog because he, he's one of those hardcore marketers that I really feel really know their business and has shown that he knows his business by his actions by building it with his founder, his joint founder, the com- a very successful company. Um, so that's great news. But I still think if you're looking for landing pages and pop-ups and you're looking for a good WordPress tool, it's definitely something you should look at, Frife. Um, uh, you know, like um, ClickFunnel, which, which is one of these external services of the ones we're going to talk about, they're all embracing that, you know, because I think they supply e-commerce and membership, e-commerce. Um, it's quite expensive. I think the cheapest version starts at $99 a month, doesn't it? Um, I might be incorrect about that pricing start figure. But it is all embracing. If But I agree with what Adam says, you know, they try and sell it as a really easy, um, I've, we've helped people with it, even though we're WordPress support. And um, it, it depends what, what you consider easy, isn't it? Yeah, anything's going to have a learning curve. Anything absolutely is going to uh, have a, a learning curve, whether you think it's easy. I'm sure Kim can chime in on this. She's teaching people how to make courses with WordPress and you have all these hosted solutions and people think that's easier, but it's not easier. It's just as complicated. It might be hosted and it might cost you 10 times more what it would cost you with WordPress, but it sure as heck isn't any easier. I agree. And in fact, to throw that in there, I teach at least one of the hosted solutions for online courses and I end up teaching lead pages because people still get in there and they don't know it. Um, I do like lead pages. It's very powerful. I think for just, they focus on what they want, you know, just the lead pages. Whereas, as you mentioned, with ClickFunnels, they really want everything there. They, they're, they're trying to be your full funnel. Yeah. Full. So it's the page and then it's the membership and then it's your online courses. And then the whole delivery is right there within that funnel. Um, I've only used it very minimally with two clients, but I, I can't speak deeper than that. Yeah. I would say one oh, thing, no matter what you're doing, is the the podcast that lead pages puts on 
is fantastic for the the information you were mentioning, Adam, of no matter how much you build it, the little tweak can make a big difference in the conversions. So whatever tool I would pay attention to their podcast and, and learn those tweaks. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you, Kim. One thing about, you know, I am an active user of lead pages. I'm an active user of all these systems to one side or another. Um, is that lead, I think technology-wise, lead pages, um, like setting up a lead magnet, um, the interface is a little bit clunky compared to some of the competitors. Now, I feel... Um, it's just some of the um, getting like the thank you page set up after the main landing page, setting up a lead magnet. Some of the, um, I've also a little bit critical of the support pages, um, that they're not the most easily readable, um, a bit long winded sometimes. But I would say this their general support's quite good. What do you think, Adam? Well, what I wanted to say about uh, like a click, I know we, you were just talking about lead pages, but we were talking about click funnels and how they it does all these things. And I will say that if they were to give you public information, which they no way would do this, that lets you know they've got all these features, but which one are the most people using? Guaranteed, they're just using it for a simple funnel, which is essentially a landing page where they someone takes an action, then it goes to another landing page where they take an action, maybe buy something and go to another landing page. They're not really using it for membership sites. And you have to be a little careful if you think you, – it's so easy to say, oh my gosh, this is the perfect solution. It does everything that I could ever want to do. But they do everything crappy and they do one thing really good um, where the benefit of going with a WordPress-based solution is um, so there's all these e-commerce ones where you can go with the best one and they are experts at e-commerce. But then you might want to add a landing page or something along those lines and you can go with the best solution for that because there's several ones to choose from. So you get the best of the best. Um, uh, however, with the click funnels, no one uses the membership functionality. I don't know of anyone that uses it. I've never experienced anyone using it. They're just using it for essentially landing pages and they got suckered into this expensive thing. You know, well, that's just my, my, my opinion. You guys can oh. fix me. Well, I agree. I wouldn't utilize the word sucker, but I would agree. You know, it's the perpetual argument of the convenience of a Swiss Army knife solution where you should have your sold integration and um, integrated support rather than going to a, a Pacific um, tool that's been aimed at that Pacific and then having to try and get all those separate bits to work together. It's always been a perpetual um, balancing act. I, I, but I do agree with you where, where ClickFunnel, you know, because we have helped people um, that had a membership um, with ClickFunnel and they wanted to get into a WordPress solution as quick as possible because it isn't that great. Um, I would not recommend it. There's so many high-quality WordPress membership solutions. You'd be ridiculous to go to utilize the um, ClickFunnels solution because it's not that great compared to what's out there. Um, when you come to the hosted solution, I think Instapage um, is actually better than Lead Pages. actually. Um, 
their in actual interface and usability. Um, I've used both lead pages and Insta page, and I think of the two, they're the better. They do try, um, but it's a little bit more. Exp- well, they try and get you to pay for an annual, quite hard Insta page. Um, you should try, and I think they both give you. Um, so many days free where you can try it and you do definitely want to try these different systems before you choose one really and zero in a period of time that you're going to really concentrate one of the other areas um i think the show is beaver builder i am um, when i was when i was looking around at this um there are some third party people that are providing name pages one of them is beyond beaver be beyond beaver.com um, the guy that runs that has um, a resources of landing pages that you can buy, like for fifteen to twenty-two dollars. And he has—I'm not an affiliate, by the way. And uh, um, um, he's got, a, and I'm sure a lot of there's a lot of other people that are piling into the Beaver Builder community, isn't it, Adam? Are there other ones that you're aware of that are offering landing pages? Uh, well, the uh, with Beaver Builder, they have these add-on uh, packages for Beaver Builder, and they all now include uh, a template cloud. Actually, self-plug, I'm actually the one that came up with that concept, and I pitched it to one of them, and he built it, and then the other one copied him. Uh, anyways, but it's a way of delivering these uh, uh, delivering these templates. However, it's not the the challenge is this: um, if you think you want like say split testing and stuff like that you're not going to really get it from anything wordpress based today i do know that thrive themes is thinking of I'm, ah. i don't know for a fact but they have built amazing ab split testing in their other plugins and if what you've noticed with the way they're doing things is they're creating a suite of marketing plugins that work together which is kind of unheard of uh, but with with beaver builder there isn't and it's the same thing with a lot of just, if you're going to use a normal page builder, there aren't beautifully designed landing pages available from the maker of the plugin or even from a third-party marketplace. That's the only reason I really brought up Thrive Content Builder is when you buy it, it has 100 templates in there for all kinds of different purposes. And there's even a third-party website that has like another thousand that you can get. It's like it's like template city. This is why lead pages and clicks funnels do good because it's, Hey, you can come in here and you're not having to design anything. You're just changing text and colors and uh, plugging in your, your uh, autoresponder, whatever because, API and you're good to go. Cause you are correct. Cause it's all the other little elements, the timer, a timer folks is it's one of those that saying you've got a limited time for this special offer and it has a timer and other marketing, um, little things that marketers love another one that you should look at look at in um if you're looking for integration to some extent i have utilized it with my other company um is inbound now inboundnow.com um what they're offering is some templates but they're offering into they're built their other tools about um email marketing market general marketing automation um They've been around a long time, the lead developer. Um, it doesn't get, it's not sophisticated in some ways as Fry Themes, but in some ways it offers, for a developer, it offers more um, powerful solution than Fry Themes in a way. Because 
the problem with five themes is a bit linked to what Adam said. They haven't really followed the the recommended guidelines, and they've had criticism from that. So, but have a look, have a have a look at inboundnow.com because I, I think that, and they offer a lot of this for free, and they have um, inexpensive packages that add functionality. I've always, I mean, everybody's different and you kind of lean towards your, you know, your biases, but I've always been biased against software as a service. I hate to say that. And I know I'm shooting myself in the foot in some areas with regards to that, but I just, I just have a hard time thinking paying 500 a year or a thousand a year or anything like that for landing pages. You know what I mean? When I could buy something or use an existing tool, I just have a hard time justifying it. And I know, you know, you've got the whole market, you've got this small sliver where it actually makes sense. And then you have the other part that there, you got to convince them that it makes sense for them when it really doesn't. And obviously if those, the, the greater market talks to any of us on the phone, we'll convince them that it doesn't really make that much sense really when you, <laughs> I don't know. I, I hate this about me. I'm actually starting to open up and starting to throw more money at things, but um, I've always been hesitant to commit to something where when I cancel, I'm left with nothing. Well, you say that, yeah, I, I totally understand in a way. Um, when it comes to fry themes, that's, um, I'll just give a tip to folks, and I think, um, I think I'm still correct in this, is that Five Themed went to a SaaS model. You know, they want you to, for the whole, everything they produce, because they produce a little suite of plugins and themes, um, and they, they, they want you to pay a monthly fee. But you can, for Pacific plugins, if you hunt around the internet, you can still buy agency licenses that are a personal license that allow that any site that you own, you're allowed to put um, that Pacific plugin on multiple sites. Those options are still available, and that, that's attractive if you don't want to get into this SaaS model where you're paying a monthly fee like what Adam as um and i understand it because i'm because there's only the, it, all this adds up doesn't it adam you know at the end of the you know you've got 500 dollars leaving your bank account every month for SaaS products haven't you yeah well and just to clarify with the business model of thrive themes yes they do have a, a membership that they obviously want everybody in However, what's different that they do is if you did cancel your membership with them, your plugin still works, your plugin still gets updates. You're just not getting support. You're not getting access to new plugins that they release, obviously, but you still own what you got. You know what I mean? You, you're still fully using it. You're updating it and all that. You just, you know, you'd have to resubscribe if you wanted actual support after, uh, if you went with that uh, um, model with them, which is actually very unique. Um, you know, actually, it's kind of silly for me. I know I, I'm sorry when I get us all off topic here, but I guess kind of in a way, WordPress is all software as a service now too, right? Because uh, you buy a license now, everything's one year support and updates. After that year, you, you're probably going to want an update uh, for security and all kinds of that. So you're, you're technically software as a service anyway, um, uh, even though you don't, you're not forced in, into it. Um, 
uh, but Drive is different in the sense that you'll get lifetime updates. They they haven't taken that away, which is very rare. Yeah, the other one we haven't talked about is you. you oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Come on, Jonathan. Unibounce. Uh, we had Ollie Unbounce. on. Unbounce. Unbounce, isn't it? We had Ollie on, didn't we, John? Yeah, that was. <laughs> That was episode 193, a really enlightening episode. Everybody should go check it out. Well, because you do, because he, um, he is the master of A to B, and um, they started this uh, early on, didn't they? Have, it's not the cheapest solution, and they're in the middle of a major upgrade that's going to be coming um, the end of this month. Um, I don't know if any of the panel have utilized them at all. Haven't used Unbounce. Had a client that was using Marketo, and integrating that into WordPress was really a pain. I bet that was. I bet yeah, that was what I was thinking. I bet that was fun, wasn't it? Oh yeah, just this, those forms are so hideous. Uh, but uh, you know, they'd been using it for a long time for marketing their webinars and creating their landing pages, and they didn't want to like try switching to something else so we just had to figure out how to you know get some of their forms onto the website and, and attempt to style them so that they match the website um yeah i think it would probably take me longer to go through a thousand possible templates than to build one but uh, you know that's that's not how everybody that's not how everybody works and and i think it does depend a lot on you know a-B testing is not significant unless you have a, a, a large enough pool of people mm. to test. And, and so in some cases, people aren't going to get a lot of value out of those extra yeah. services that some of these things have. And in other cases, it makes a huge difference because there, there is a lot of traffic, there is a lot of money. And so, you know, if you make those small tweaks that, that increase the conversions, uh, you know, that, that pays off for them. And so it's, it's, pretty much a matter of, well, you know, for anyone considering it, you need to compare, you know, the money you could make, can make from it with the money you're going to pay from it for it. And, you know, if you use it for a while and it's not making you back the money you're spending on it, you should probably find a different solution. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually, um, I don't know if um, Adam's looked into it with five themes. Can you actually, does it have all the integration like like with lead pages where you can set up the landing page, a lead magnet, and then it goes to a thank you page? Does it have all that integrated? It does, and they have uh, API integration with so many third-party services. Uh, it's a it's crazy how many third-party services, you know, for um, uh, like for email platforms and stuff like that, go webinar platforms and all that kind of stuff. But yes, absolutely, it has all that. And a lot of uh, when, when you're creating a form and you're using this API integration, essentially what it boils down to, and this is all a funnel is, anyone listening, you know, you hear this big catchphrase is the hottest phrase probably the last uh, 24 months is the word funnel. All a funnel is, is when someone takes an action, you send them someplace else, and then they take an action, you send them someplace else. And that's typically done with a form redirect. And uh, so with Thrive Themes, uh, you put your form in and you just say where to send them after they do what you wanted them to do. And that's all a funnel is. Yeah, that's uh, um, that's another thing you need to check out. That's why you need, if they've got a free period, that's why you want to play around with it, folks. When I first purchased Lead 
pages they didn't integrate with campaign monitor for a period of time they now they do um but there was a period of time they weren't actually working with campaign monitor and that's why i, I didn't use it um the same thing applies with lead pages where it comes with active campaign it does work but it's a little bit clunky compared to um like insta page which is a very slick um system to integrate with active um with active campaign one of the reasons for that is is obviously lead pages lead pages recently bought drip um and obviously they're pushing that quite extensively as an integrated landing page drip because that's a whole subject which we we're probably going to cover in a another episode is drip marketing isn't it john yeah, definitely. That's definitely something we could cover. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something we should cover. I don't kind of wrap up, maybe go to the panel. I'd be interested if you had a client, um, i put this to the panel and see what your response. If you had a, a client that come to you um, wanting to set up a series of landing pages and really go down this, what, what what would be the solution that you would recommend them? Maybe we start with Kim. What, what would you recommend to that person? For me, it depends. If, if, if they're going to come to me and listen to my overall recommendations, much like Adam's is going to be, we build it ourselves. You know, I like to help people build their whole learning platform, not go to a third party. Then at that point, again, I would look at kind of what they were going to implement. It might be a uh, beaver builder. If that's if we're going to be using that theme anyway, then I would probably go ahead and tie that in. It's just part of the learning um, phase. If it was someone who came to me and they really, I've got a one page WordPress website and I am insisting on doing everything else you know, we're going to do our online courses hosted, we're going to do membership hosted, then I probably would put them into something like an Insta page or a lead pages because they've already set up that block that they're not going to do anything else in WordPress. And every once in a while, I have those people. You know, they might as well have a Wix site for all they're using WordPress for uh, or all they're willing to learn. So that's where, that's probably for me, where I would make the determination on one-on-one with, with the client and what their requirements would be. What about you, Sally? What would you recommend? You well, I, I, I think, uh, you know, Kim makes a very good point here that it, it depends on the client and, and what they need. Uh, so, you know, I have a client for whom I built uh, a template for landing pages using ACF flexible content fields. Because, you know, sort of that's, that's good enough. She need, basically, she needs a place to, to, to point people. She's got a list that really responds well to her outreach. And, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to, to require a lot of uh, tinkering. I, you know, so I built this quite simple uh, landing page for a webinar she was offering. And there were like 2,000 people signed up or something. Um, even though she only sent the email out like a week before and it was right around Christmas. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I think that uh, in some cases, something that, you know, integrates well with your site and you know it's going to like look, the, the look is going to fit in and, and all of that uh, is uh, really a good idea and in other cases you know they may they may really need all of that additional information that that comes with a hosted service i'm not 
necessarily a huge fan of, of hosted services, but there are places that they shine. And so, uh, you know, if it seemed to me that, that a, a client needed that or if they'd already been using it for something else, then that would be something I would, I would lean toward more in that case. But yeah. as, as little extra overhead on the site as, as possible. Uh, I mean, I, I built a site where basically it just was a landing page with Beaver Builder and it was quick to build and, and so on. And yet in retrospect, if that was only ever supposed to be one page and not change, I wouldn't have built it in WordPress at all. I would have just coded it in HTML. It would have been, you know, leaner, meaner and, and required less maintenance. So it just really depends on the circumstances. Yeah, I think the other thing, um, just to feedback about what Sally's just said, folks, is that there's a lot of um, cross-fertilization between a landing page and a pop pop-up capture system like um, Optin Monster or some of the others and they're slightly for slightly different purposes folks where where with the lead with the landing page depending on where you're driving traffic to that landing page most of my activity has been through paid advertising through Google or Facebook and actually driving page where you're concerned that the advert, um, the conformity of look is comes from the advert and they hit the landing page and they the advert and the landing page look the same, basically, and you continue the message, you confirm the message from the advertisement on the landing page where a kind of sophisticated pop-up like what Sally said, you're more concerned about that the pop-up has some linkage to the look of the actual website. I just thought I'd pop that in a little bit. What about you, John? What what kind of solutions, if you had a client that was seriously looking at um, landing pages and driving traffic, what would you recommend? Got your boot, John. Again, to echo what Sally and Kim uh, have said previously, it's going to depend on the client and, and what their business model is. If you have someone that just, you know, has a smaller business and they might have, you know, one opt-in or, or one or a couple products that they're trying to push, you could probably code something up yourself like a custom template. Now, if you had like a larger company, say if they're doing like a million in sales a year, and they had different products, different opt-ins, then you would want to, then you would probably point them towards something, um, you know, more like an Insta page or a lead pages or an unbounce. So again, you'd have to really, you know, look at each client separately and understand what their particular needs are before making a recommendation. But I think a lot of the ones that we, you know, laid out as far as like services in this particular episode, you know, are, are a lot of good things to look at, you know, lead pages, uh, Instapage, Unpounce, um, Click Funnels is one as well. You know, you mentioned Thrive. Um, there's one more I'm thinking inbound, of. I would still yeah. say I'm inbound now. They use the yeah. um, um, the um, AF fields. Yeah. It's integrated, so definitely look at that. Um, but it's more it's more aimed at the developer that's got a client that wants um, uh, calls for action um, and other various integra marketing integrations. So I'll definitely give them a plug. What about you, Adam? What, what would you've had somebody come to you? What would you suggest? 
Um, well, I'm going to kind of echo what John was saying. Uh, you have to take into consideration, uh, well, kind of like you as well, paid traffic, you need to be spot on because whatever solution ends up costing is going to be a drop in the bucket. If someone's spending $50,000 a month in ads, you need to be spot on, no mistakes, no slow load time, none of that. But for the other 90 8% of folks or businesses, you really want to look at what you have and does what you have, can it accomplish it? Uh, there's some great options out there. For instance, Elementor is a free page builder and it has a feature called Canvas. And what that means is when you enable Canvas, it removes everything, your header and your footer automatically with one little drop down and you have this beautiful blank page and you can do some very modern design things. And it also has templates built into it. Um, so if you have nothing that if you already have a page builder, unless it's Visual Composer, or Divi? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. Um, anyways, but yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, what everybody said. But yes, your hosted solution, if you're dropping 50 grand a month in ads, 10 grand a month in ads, it's got to be spot on, no mistakes. I would, uh, yeah, I would lower that down. I, I, I've, I have a couple of clients that are spending like a thousand plus a month on Facebook adverts. And we use um, either um, lead pages or um, Insta page, really, for those. Um, where the smaller clients below that, that trying it, I, I think Fry Themes could be a really good solution. Um, I haven't done the testing to see. It seems um, not one of those plugins that really s slows a site down to tree call, but you've got to be a little you've got to do some testing really what do you reckon john i, I think we exhausted this but i think it's been a, a good value episode hasn't it john i think we've covered a lot with with the help of our panel what do you think john yeah definitely um and i would encourage everyone go back and listen to our previous episodes that, that we were talking about um the previous panel episode where we had adam fout um and we were talking about building a marketing funnel 193 with Ollie Gardner from Unbounce talking about, um, you know, what a landing page is and, and how it uh, is all put together. And then this one together, you know, with, with tools for building landing pages, and I think you'll get like a really good idea of, of how um, you can funnel prospective customers, uh, get your marketing in front of them, get them on your list, and then move them down the chain until they become paying customers. Uh, and with that, we're going to let the panel tell us where they can find them and if there's anything that they want us to check out. And we'll start with Sally. <clears throat> okay. Uh, you can find me at WPFangirl.com. I am at Sally Getch on Twitter. And uh, I am slowly publishing a series of articles about uh, how to tell if your website is still serving you or if you need to give it some form of a tune-up. No, that sounds excellent. Great. We'll have to link that up as well. Kim, uh, where can we find you? Anything that you want us to check out? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kim Schivler uh, for general support, whitegloveWebtraining.com or how to build an online course.com. And I've got some few things in the process, but we'll probably plug them next week. We're not, the sales pages aren't ready yet, the landing pages. Mm. There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> 
Adam, where do we find you? What, what do you want us to take a look at? WPCrafter.com. Well, trademark issues. I could talk about that some other time. No, I'll, I'll still have that name for a long time. That's what people know me as. But hey, on uh, June, I don't know, 10th or whatever, there's a WordCamp in Orange County. I've never been to one of those. I'm going to this one. If you're going to that, come and say hi to me. Um, I uh, will probably also participate in all the other activities before and after uh, the word camp. I don't even know what you do with those things, uh, but I'm going to go to one. And if you're going to be there, come up and say hi. Oh, you'll like them. Word camps are fun. They're fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the OC one looks off the chain. They're going to have food trucks and, and everything. It's going to be a blast. Uh, so yeah, congrats. Yeah. Looking John- forward to it. Oh, quite easy, folks. I'm also going to the OC um, WordCamp. So if you're if you're attending, um, hopefully I won't miss the morning panel show. I'm hopefully going to get a flight down there. Um, Which I need to book today, really. Um, (laughs) uh, um, So hopefully I'll be down there and I'll be meeting up with Adam and getting him into trouble. And uh, (laughs) the way to uh, reach out is through Twitter, folks. At Jonathan Denwood. I'm trying to be more active on Facebook um, uh, myself in the WordPress, different WordPress communities. And you could just email me at Jonathan at wp-tonic.com, which me and John would just love for more people to contact us through Twitter and it, whatever platform that suits you and give us feedback about the show, won't we, John? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, leave comments on the posts. Uh, you know, leave a comment on uh, the Facebook page or just hit us up on Twitter. Just let us know how we're doing and or what you want to see. If you want to get a hold of me personally, you can uh, find me at my website, which is LockdownDesign.com. You can find me at my Twitter, Lockdown underscore, or check out my Facebook page, uh, just Facebook.com slash LockdownDesign. For the WP Tonic Posse, rolling deep today, we're saying peace out and get your dose. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.